Fueled by the Outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And we are joined today by two special guests, uh, Jacob Emery of DO3 Outdoors and Tyler Westell. So thanks for coming and joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. Um, I've got questions lined up. I know Chris has got questions lined up. I know we kind of been talking back and forth about uh, what all we wanted to go over here, but, you know, kind of how we do this at the start of every one of these podcasts, we go over just a little bit of your background and your hunting history and kind of where you're from and how you, how you grew up in, in the outdoors. So um, I guess, uh, cause it looks like I'm dealing cards on my screen. So uh, I'll start with Tyler and then I'll go around that way. <laughs> so Tyler, if you, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, it'd be great. Um, yeah. I, I started hunting uh, as a young kid with my dad. I'm 30 now. I've been doing it for about 22 years. I don't know. I mean, I just pretty much whitetail hunt, a little bit of turkey hunting. It's really about it. And some coyote hunting on the side there. Good deal. Good deal. And uh, Jacob, what's uh, kind of your history with the outdoors and how you got started? Uh, it sounds pretty similar. Uh, I'm 29 now. I've been doing it uh, since I was about eight or nine years old. Um, it's kind of funny how I got started in it. Uh, neither one of my parents really ever hunted. Uh, my granddad did a little bit. Uh, my dad works on the uh, on the river for Ingram Barge Company, so he's mm -hmm. gone 30 days at home, 38 or 30 days. And uh, I remember years ago, uh, back in the good old days, when you had uh, VHS tapes, uh, he'd come home in his big bag. There was three or four of those old monster bucks and primos. Yeah, and baby. <laughs> Boy, it was like right after that, it was the only thing I've ever wanted to do and really the only thing i've ever wanted to do since then is is just be in the outdoors and kind of lit a fire under me um begged my granddad to get into it and uh, start taking me and i've pretty much been hooked ever since on anything that crawls struts walks flies anything you know so Hell yeah just let's be able to do it as much as i get to you know good deal Good deal. So awesome. you, you said uh, dad w uh, worked on a barge. What uh, what part of the river are you uh, near? Uh, well, it's, it's kind of funny. A lot of these guys don't live nowhere near the rivers they're on. They got to drive six, seven hours to go catch a boat. But oh, geez. He, runs, uh, he runs the upper Mississippi, which is apparently a pain in the ass. Uh, a lot of sandbars, a lot mm -hmm. of bridges, and a lot of uh, locks to go through. So comes home with a little bit less hair and a bigger gut every time from the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> we're not far behind him <laughs> that's awesome so i know tyler um one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today is because uh <clears throat> your season uh has gone on pretty well uh from pictures that i've seen and uh you know it it it, it really looks like you've um had a really 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 nice buck uh when was that was in december or early december or late november that was uh late november okay that's uh, about seven days after gun season opened oh nice okay yeah so like uh one of the things and chris maybe you can kind of touch on this a little bit uh more than i can um 
because uh, I, I think Chris knows you a little better than I do, considering I just like met you like five minutes ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, you shot the deer and gun season. Like, had you been watching this deer all year? Was it a uh, home? Was it away? You know, just kind of, you know, walk us through, you know, the whole, um, you know, the whole season for you up until this point, I guess. Yeah, break down your season and uh, tell us, you know, about your target deer, if this was a target deer, if you had others. Uh, just, I mean, tell us a story. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it all started when we were, uh, me and my buddy, we do a lot of looking at maps, trying to find new areas to hunt all the time. And this area, we found it two days before bow season started. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So two days before bow season, I'm scrambling around, had to drive to Ohio to go buy a boat just to get to this place. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so my girlfriend's like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you're buying a boat for deer season? I'm like, well, I, we got a place that we got to get to. And so go check it out. And, uh, I mean, we had, I had target deer every, I mean, plenty of places in public, but I just, something about this spot. I just, you know, I like hunting new areas all the time. Do you exclusively hunt public? Uh, I, this year, yeah, that's all I hunted. Okay. This year okay. Public. Uh, last year I did, I shot a doe on private, but I, I don't really buck hunt really on, on uh, private anymore. Just there's so many opportunities out in public land. I agree. There's no, no reason to lease. Unless you have but, like a uh, really big farm or something where yeah. you control it. Public's the mm-hmm. only place you can go and adapt. Otherwise, if you're like me, which I'd assume if you're in Indiana, I don't know what part, but you know, are are you in Woodlock Country? I'm right in the middle of uh Greenwood, Indiana, south of Indianapolis. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So yeah. um probably pretty similar where you're not far from the hills, but you're in a lot of woodlots and stuff. And I mean you got fence rows and five and ten acre patches of wood, so the first idiot that goes in there and screws it up, you're it's over. I mean, and you can't, you can't adapt. So I agree 100%. So, so I I pretty much abandoned all of my spots and I just kind of just dumped everything to this one area. And, uh, it started out the first day out there. My girlfriend, she hunts with me. So we do hanging hunts. So I got to hang two stands when we go out together. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) I, I try to get her a deer as soon as we can so I can, you know, start my Focus. start my hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Good way to be, man. Um, get it out of the way. <laughs> but I mean the first the first day we were out there, we didn't I mean, we saw Pope and Young Deer first day out there. Um but we saw probably twenty six deer the first sit first day wow. on pu- on public. I've and I've never seen anything like that even on private, for me at least. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I ended up running into, uh, one buck after my girlfriend, she shot her deer November 7th. It was, uh, just a little basket rack, eight pointer for second buck with the bow on public. So, uh, I started, started hunting some areas and getting in some, uh, observation stands to really see what was going on out there. Cause I've never stepped foot on this place until then. Um, and that's when I, I spotted a, I mean, I just spotted, I mean, there's probably five, I think there's five bucks that were bedding in the same area, all 
right right in the buck like a buck nest pretty the much. The proverbial buck nest. Yeah. I mean there's there's three deer in there probably over 140 inches. Ooh. They were bedding together. Yeah. Um and actually the one that I shot was probably one of the smaller ones. Wow. So there the, the one, there was one in there. He had to be probably one at least 170. Did you tape yours out? I I put a tape on it uh probably about 20 minutes before we just got on here. Wow, good man. What, <laughs> so what did I finish? I I I'm not I've never taped a deer before. Okay. So, but I've seen I've seen enough deer taped. Uh I came up with 161. One, I mean, looking at your deer, if you're off 4 or 5 inches one way or the other, cool. It's yeah. it's a big ass deer. Yeah, it's, it's and it's and it's a public buck. land big. It is not a deer that 99% of human beings are going to pass. There are some people that might, Don Higgins for example, but <laughs> I mean, normal people are not passing that deer ever, no. let alone on public land. So uh so I did observation stand, saw that deer and I I pretty much just tree hopped. Every, I mean, every day I was tree hopping. I first time I spotted him, I actually snuck into about 50 yards of his bed and got up in the tree. And, uh, the whole time I had a stand, I had no cover in the tree. So I'm literally using the tree for cover standing up and there's limbs on the tree. So I got to hold my hand over the tree to, uh, so I, so I could draw cause I had no cover. So I just had to stand there pretty much the whole time like that. Jack. And he, and I, where I wanted to be, where I thought he was going to go, obviously was he went, he went where the wind was blowing straight into his face when he came out. So I figured that's what he was going to do, but I just wanted to be close enough to at least have a chance. Sure. Um, but I was on him for nine days and this is a, this is a different deer than what I actually shot. So I was on this, this deer for about nine days. Uh, and he was hanging out with the, the one that I shot. Uh, but, uh, I actually arrowed the bigger one the day before gun season started. And, uh, we ran into, I ran into some problems with the private landowner that would, uh, he gave me permission to track it. And then it stopped raining. I had a, I had Al Sherman, a tracker for United blood trackers come mm-hmm. out, drove a hundred, 170 miles to come out and track this deer for me. Oh. And 15 minutes into it, he, he said, you gotta go. Are so, you serious? So, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I, my arrow was completely covered in blood. I watched that deer for forty-five minutes. It took him forty-five minutes to cross about two hundred and fifty yards. How was the shot? I mean, did you see where it entered? And it was definitely liver. I left him. I let him lay for for seven hours, eight hours. Oh my god, that was a. Oh. I mean, I I watched him out in the middle of the field, a hundred yards away. And he stood there for about 10 minutes and he just head down, yep. slouched. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, it was, I, I knew he was dead, but they, they think that, uh, tracker thinks that, that he might've stumbled across it or something. I don't, I have no idea, but I never saw that. I don't think I ever saw that deer again. There was one that looked pretty similar to him, but I don't, I don't think it was him. Yeah. But I'd say it, everything you're saying that deer died. I'm not going to say immediately after, but I mean, cause I've seen I, my biggest one made it. I shot him. I went one long liver guts and yeah. it was a big deer. It was only four years old though. So no matter yeah. what he scores, he's a four year old, but he dressed out at 185 pounds, but 
Um, I shot him at 7.15 on October 17th and found him alive and coherent at noon the next day. And like, that's why when everybody's like, oh yeah, six to eight hours. And I'm like, leave that damn deer alone. (laughs) Don't go in there, man. Those liver shots aren't what people think. They're going to kill it. But when you're dealing with a bigger deer, it's just different, man. It's their will to live and everything. It's just, and, and let's face it. We all know my boy here knows really well. If it can go wrong, two of them will happen. Two will go wrong. Something will go wrong with the wrong going. So, damn, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I did. So I didn't even look for my arrow. Like I said, I I went and looked for the arrow seven hours after. And, uh, and I didn't even, we didn't even track the deer till the next day in the, in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then it started raining and that's when he cut it off. And I went out the next day and after it rained, I couldn't find nothing. I mean, there was, there was not even blood on the arrow that was sitting out there overnight. So the landowner never gave you a reason as to why you couldn't go. He literally, you got there, started tracking 15 minutes later. This guy says, you got to go. Well, because it was kind of sprinkling that day, yeah. and it was opening day of gun, and it started to it started to lighten up a little bit, and they were wanting to go hunt on the property. Okay, I mean, I, I the the guy was pretty uh his nephew was uh pretty aggressive for sure. Really, they they did. Oh yeah, he told me to go. He said you and the tracker need to go over there and play on public land. Is what he told me to do. Well, that's nice. <laughs> uh, that was a dick yeah. move. Yeah, I mean, I I get totally that it's like opening day and everything. I don't. I, I'm probably a little different than a lot of people though. Like, I just assume help a dude pack his book yeah. out. You, you know what I mean? Like that. I I think that's yeah. that's a lot of uh, the true public land guys. Like that's the mentality. Like you'd rather help somebody else and enjoy it. Well, you know, I've I've uh I I kept my cool and was pretty pretty nice with them and you know i just i just told him i didn't really have words to explain express how i felt about his uh you know ethics or whatnot but as of now i have a key to his gate to access his property he gave me a key we've i mean that's all i kind of kept it smart man yeah so you're better than me but (laughs) you're much better than i am yeah (laughs) yeah Uh. um so yeah so i so I started I started seeing this this buck that I actually shot um, a couple about a day or two after that, and I I uh, so that day when we were tracking how I how I mentioned that it was uh, raining that day, and I took my muzzleloader because we're tracking you know when we were tracking this deer, and just in case it was still alive, well, it, I got some water in the barrel, so you know second day of gun season, we're we're out uh, I'm out there and. The buck that I shot, he, uh, well, the one that I shot in November, on November 20th, uh, he actually stepped out. I had him at 125 yards and the muzzleloader misfired. Uh. Water, had water. I, I guess I got moisture in the powder. I mean, it just, I mean, like you said, when one thing goes wrong, it's like, every, like everything. So that was a, that was pretty heartbreaking to watch, watch that, uh, watch him run off, you know? Damn, I I think this year I, I definitely learned a lot. I've never made so many mistakes this year. Just like little things here and there. Hey, we got something learning. in common then. <laughs> hey, 
Yeah. I don't care who you are. Well, <laughs> it's, I feel, you know, it's funny. And this is going to sound terrible, but there's times when I'm hunting, not even so much when I'm successful, but you know how it is when things just kind of keep going right. You're like, I'm kind of a bad motherfucker at this. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, I might be special ed. I don't think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like it is, it is yeah. so amazing to me how you can be so up and think, okay, like, you know, maybe we'll move to the next level. And then you just take three steps back and you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was going to say, that's definitely how I felt. Uh, you know, I, I did leave out. I, I had an opportunity. I was, so I was hunting that buck nest one day and all those, all those deer, they, they seem to move right at like 1130 to 1230. Like they get up, they move around and they stay in this little, this little area. And, uh, so it was 1030 and I was, I was starving. I was like, I'm gonna get down real quick. Cause the tree I was in had no cover. So I got down real quick just to eat a tuna packet and climb right back up in the, up in the tree. And I get down and I literally scarf this tuna pack down in two minutes. And I got my bow sitting right there, release everything. And I look up and I just see this dark rack just walking right at me. Oh my like, God. I was like, are you, I was like, this is happening right now. You know, <laughs> what's like, I thought we were following a schedule, you know, like what? Right. <laughs> and you're not supposed, you're and, 15 minutes early, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, when you start to do something and you know, you're doing something wrong. Like I had this deer at like six yards and I don't know what my, I don't know what my brain was thinking, but I stood before I drew my bow. Mm. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Like I, I knew what I was doing at the time. I was like, this, you're, what you're doing is wrong. You need to stop. You gotta, <laughs> but I couldn't stop myself. I don't, I don't know what I, why I did that or what happened, but at this year I've, I've never made so many mistakes, but definitely learning i you know i've uh really got into public hunting like probably three years ago same reading like reading maps and stuff yeah i mean i've hunted public since i was stationed out in oklahoma since i didn't have anywhere to hunt and i just never served yeah i did i did five years navy i was a uh, airborne communication Thank thank you thank you man thanks uh i started hunting out there because i didn't have anywhere to go and then uh, I had a buddy introduce me to map reading, and that like, I mean that changed it changed everything for me. Oh, dude! I mean, I mean I knew you know the basics of, like saddles and stuff like that, and you know, but then when I st- I started watching this guy Jacob Schmidt on YouTube, his uh, Deer School one on one, and like I just learned so much from it. It isn't it amazing how much like. There's so much to be learned on YouTube and I'll I'll give you a perfect example. So a lot of people go into these like Bass Pros and Cabela's and they think that these people that are working there are just the baddest of the bad. And of course they make themselves sound that way, right? So I go in before an elk hunt a few months, well, many months before an elk hunt, about a year prior, and I want to buy a GPS these guys have no idea what's what and how to explain them. So then I get the GPS that I want and I'm asking them just to give me a basic overview of how to read those topo maps. 
and they've got no clue in hell. And I mean, ima- I mean, you can imagine looking at all those lines. That doesn't. You might as well be reading Braille. Yeah. Like that's not. That doesn't mean anything to me. I have no idea what I'm looking at. And now I'm like, oh yeah, this is a saddle, and that's a knob out there, and this is a drainage. I mean, it's just. See, I don't ever. Different. I don't ever even think of that because, like, when I, I mean, growing up, like my dad used to have like laminated maps of every piece of public land that they would go and hunt. And then you'd sit there and you'd roll them out and you'd look at them all. And I I always think of that as something like, um, is something that like everybody learns starting out, but I never really, you know, I don't even get the perspective on that sometimes. Yeah. You're, you grew up with like one of the best dads in the history of the world though. Like, that's not really a fair comparison. Your dad, his dad's literally my favorite sportsman. The dude gets it done. The only thing I don't know that he has done is kill like a true giant buck. And I don't know if I'm wrong on that or not, but I don't Fine remember giant. seeing like a uh, 100 and f- we'll say, uh, okay, I shouldn't use the term giant. A truly real, like a really big deal, like 150 plus. Okay, I was gonna say he killed a 140 behind the house. Yeah, I, I know he's killed some pretty good deer. I mean, he's not killing babies. No. Um, he's killed some really good deer. He's killed some amazing turkeys. And then, the, you know, when it comes to fishing, it's just unreal. Um, but he, he's, you know, he's just an all around amazing, well rounded outdoorsman that's taught me a lot. And obviously, his son here. So, uh, but yeah, the reading those maps is insane i couldn't imagine getting a start on public land like when i was 20 you know like could you imagine where you'd be at now starting to fill out yeah applying for points for elk 15 years ago you know what i mean like that'd be crazy (laughs) exactly what'd you say so that'd been damn nice it's like yeah like why couldn't Corey jacobson and all the other youtube guys have been around then I still keep hoping that my, I'm going to get a DNA test one day and he's going to be my dad or something. I don't know. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> All right. Sorry, Tyler. We're oh, rabbit holing like crazy, no, but that's, that's fine, our man. motto. Um, <laughs> I guess I got to figure out where. So I, I guess I'm back over. Uh, You're stationed in Oklahoma. You were learning to read maps. Learning to read maps. Yeah. I kind of got off topic and off the, the story of the hunt there. But uh, rabbit hole. Yeah. So I guess I was at where I stopped was uh, my gun not going off at the muzzle loader, mm-hmm. right? Oh. And uh, uh, you were at six yards and you yeah, stood up six yards. before you oh, drew. Oh, yeah. So that was, yeah, that was in bow season. Yeah. Um, I drew and obviously, you know, you draw after you stand up, the deer looks at you like you're like, what are you doing? You know, as I'm, hey. as I'm trying to draw back. And, and is this after? The muzzleloader didn't. No, go that off was that was before. I, okay, this is yeah. Uh, okay, I forgot. I forgot ah, that note in there. Um, that's okay. But yeah, he. Uh, I mean, obviously, he spotted me, and you know, there was no way I was getting a shot. And I tried to draw back, and as soon as I draw, you know, he's off. Peace yeah, out. Yeah, gone. So uh, he got shot the next day. So mm. I got him. I mean, I, really a blessing, man. I mean, that year was 140 inches, 135. I mean, I ended up with you know right i would have been happy with it for sure with the bow kill you know it'd been great yeah. but uh so back to the to the muzzleloader where we are in gun season and uh hunting this deer um I basically just had 
seeing this deer like every other day or every day. I'm just, he's literally walking around at 11 o'clock, but where I'm hunting at maps have really, there's, there's no terrain. It's completely flat where I'm at. Oh my God. Yeah. It's completely flat. It's. And obviously you got it. I mean, this is a place where, I mean, describe how many times did you hunt this spot? You think in the area or the same tree yeah. the area? I was, I was in there from probably November 5th to November 20th. Okay. And I'm, how many hunters? I mean, I, I hopped saw? around in a, in a, in a, I mean, a pretty big area. I'd say I was probably hunting like a two acre spot, like an area that I got just like really just kind of honing in on. Okay. That's just where he was at. Like, I mean, every day he was in that, he was in this buck nest bedding in the afternoon, slipping out the back, slipping out the front. If I was, didn't matter where I was, he was going the other way every time. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it's like playing whack-a-mole. I'm, how, uh, how many hunters you think you saw in there? I'm assuming not very many. So we had a guy, we had a property to the north, pub, public land hunters, I mean, that were accessing it the way I was. One guy, 22 days. Wow. He asked me how many deer I saw. I said, none. He said, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and I never saw him again. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But other than that, I mean, there was to, to the north, there's a guy that hunts. He's got three people that hunt out there, but they stay pretty much to, to their private property. And then you got a guy that uh, he had four guys hunting out there and they kind of stayed to their property. I mean, everyone had, you know, their set tree stands, their sure. set blinds that they hunted. Oh, every single I love those people. I do too. <laughs> those are my favorite. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it really worked out, you know, being one of the only guys out there at this piece of property. Does it bother you when people ask you questions like, how many deer did you see? Do you feel awkward? Uh, yeah, because sometimes it depends. It depends who it is. If I don't know the guy, I, I didn't see anything that day, you know? Right. That or I, I saw a lot of people walking around, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Boot tracks all over in there. Wouldn't go in. Yeah. There. Dude, so many people, because of this page and everything, will post like a fish or a, a deer or whatever. Where'd you get that? Ohio? No, but like where? Southern Ohio. Yeah, but like where at? What county? What lake? Do you, would you like my wife too? Do you <laughs> yeah. want my wife while you're at it? Like, what's wrong with you? So I, uh, so later in the later in the hunt, I guess getting closer to the day I actually killed them, I uh, sitting back in the observation stand because the day before, I didn't have any sighting of them, which was usually get a glimpse of them, you know, walking across yeah. the field or something somewhere. I didn't have any glimpse of him, so I was like, "Okay, going back to the back to the observation stand to see where he's where he's at." And I didn't see him all day that that day either. And uh, but I did have a I did have a decent sized buck come in chasing a doe, and she was definitely a hot doe because then I had another buck come right by chasing, and they ran five hundred yards, five hundred eight hundred yards to the south, and I was like, "All right." I'm you know, I'm probably gonna tear my stand down there, go tomorrow. And uh I get set up over there and never been in this area either. And uh I had probably about a hundred and forty inch tin come out. And here comes that that probably that same doe. 
and uh, she took him with them. Off they went, and uh, I ended up killing my buck that I shot at 11 a.m. Walking by, he just come walking on right, right on by down one of the paths that I've seen him take every other day. I mean, they, I mean, the paths varied, but once I kind of really narrowed it down, it's really thick in there. So I mean, you're not shooting more than sure, you know, you're not getting a very far shot at all. Uh, you hunting a but, thicket or like a, um, like a meadow or a ag or I mean, if you can, if you feel comfortable with describing that. Um, if you don't, that's okay. We've already said Indiana. We've said too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it, I'm not going to call it. I, I mean, it's, it'd be hard to find, but I'm just going to go ahead and call it what it is. I mean, it's basically like an area that's kind of been clear cut and has grown up with saplings. Just okay. Kind of All right. Thick saplings and some, you know, Got your so you're veget- not shooting far at all. You got your vegetation in there that's four foot tall, you know, three foot tall. Some places. Oh God! It's I mean it's amazing. I mean you can't see, but you, if you're not in a tree, you're not seeing anything. And there's hardly any trees to hunt at that. You know? Oh, it's I mean the trees that you're getting in are most of the time are I mean you have your big hardwoods here and there, trees that are decently sized to get into, but for the most part your trees are about ten inches around, twelve inches around. I mean, so when you breathe hard, yeah, <laughs> been there, pretty much. Been there. All right. So, I I give my buddies uh I'll give you a cool story here. It kind of kind of made my day. Uh, my buddy he was wanting some public spots, and he's he's stationed at uh, Atterbury, and he doesn't know the area very well. So I I help him out, give him some spots down in southern Indiana, and his he had some family coming up to do a muzzleloader hunt from Tennessee. And they just wanted to kill some does. And I was like, oh, I got, I got a place that got some great rut funnels and some saddles and, you know, hardly ever seen anybody out there. And uh, he calls me and he's like, man, you're never going to guess who I saw out here. I was like, I was like, well, who would you see out there? We have Jacob Emery. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going you're gonna to love this. I got a picture of it too. He sent me a picture. But I, I was like, I thought it was the neighbor guy because this, this guy, he's always like, he puts a cell camera by the cornfield and watches everybody drive in. And every time I drive in, he calls me, he goes, you, you hunting my area? I said, your area? You mean public? Like, you know, like, right. so I thought it was that guy giving problems or whatever. He's like, well, he's like, no, he's Dan Infault. I was like, that's what I, that's what I was going to guess. I was like, no, you, nice. I was like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah, the whole hunting public crew was down here. I was like, where I'm hunting in my saddles and rep funnels. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I can't be mad at that. Can you? <laughs> I got a picture of it. I don't, I don't know. It's pretty cool. And he sent me oh, that. Nice, nice. Got a picture of a beast. <laughs> I, I thought he was. I thought he was messing with me, you know. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing something right if I got him out right. there. So, that's yeah. I mean, that's badass. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So I that is awesome. I was supposed to be out there with him, but I skipped it for a coyote hunting tournament. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the predator pile up did you in? Yeah, yes, it did. Dang, well, that's pretty cool, man. So, um, tell us a little bit about the shot on your buck. And are you gun hunting? Yeah, I just okay. I uh, shot him with the muzzleloader. It was probably about a fifty-yard shot. I was, uh, I was actually, it was like right at eleven, eleven thirty, somewhere there, and I'm, 
I was, I literally wanted to get down from the tree stand to like, just like walk around for like five minutes, like walk circles around my stand to like, you know, stretch out a little bit, kind of a warmer. Are you saddle hunting? No, I got a lone, I have a lone wolf. Okay. Okay. I got the lone wolf sticks. I use, uh, I carry five sticks. I use four to five, depending on how high I want to get. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty close to getting out of my trace in that day just to walk around for a couple of minutes. And I'm glad I didn't. It's, oh God. it can be hard sitting in a tree stand all day like that. I mean, I mean, I took off it is. October 29th to uh, November 26th. That's the vacation days wow. I had. And I was, I was basically doing God. all day sits. I mean, there was probably two or three days in there. I got, there was probably two days in there that I actually didn't even hunt. I got pretty, uh, fed up with some you know just getting irritated just need to take a break oh, for a dude. day and take a nap and catch up on some sleep yeah so that's incredible yeah um dan infault missed out on you bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> damn yeah um but yeah back to the shot of my buck um i just just happened to buy a new muzzleloader this year my muzzleloader wasn't sh- i couldn't get it to hit a broadside of a barn at 100 yards i think the barrel and I've had it since I was probably 15, 16 years old. One of my dad's guns let me have. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't hit nothing with it. Went out and bought a new muzzleloader and definitely definitely paid off this year. But, uh, yeah, I had him at 60 yards, and it was a perfect double lung, top of the heart, and that deer ran, a, oh. that deer ran 163 yards. Jeez, oh, Pete. Wasn't that impressive? That's what I mapped it out to. And – I was I wasn't finding any blood at all. I was I was definitely in panic mode. I was uh he was running tail tucked like he was hit and I, I, I thought for sure I heard the crash. And I'm barely finding any blood and it starts to pick up like a hundred hundred and forty, hundred and thirty yards somewhere in there, starts picking up a little bit and uh it just Dear God. It just went to, to nothing. It was just gone. And I was just I was just I was sitting there looking around, you know, we've got three foot, four foot tall vegetation. And I'm, I was already just after all the, you know, losing a buck, getting down from my stand and having that deer at six yards and not being able to take a shot on them. It was just, it's just one thing after another. And I was just, I was like, Oh, I guess I'm gonna go back to the beginning and try to figure out where this deer went. And I turned to my left and he was laying five yards to my left. I don't know if he like, jumped off the trail and like a you know right before they do that death wobble yeah whatever it was but i mean yeah he i mean he piled up right there so uh tam that's cool i've had a lot of similar instances with my muzzleloader in the past like same for some reason it takes a while to bleed I've, i've never understood it and then it's like they just pour it out and they're either dead right at the end of it or there's like a that 10 to 20 yard panic we're like why the hell did you stop bleeding you don't have a heart you know and then you find them and i don't know i don't know what it is dude i shot a doe at i don't know she's probably between 80 and 110 we'll call it and uh, i used the power belts and i put it right behind her shoulder and the shot seemed good felt good reaction was good and I get down here and she's on like an easement road that's never used right in gravel. And I get down there and there's like gut matter in the road. And I'm like, well, hell, how did I, 
how'd I gut shoot her? And I'm walking and I'm looking and I'm telling you, I never found blood. What I found in the driveway was it. And she ran up a pretty steep hill for about 120 and dropped. And again, you know, I'm on the ground. So that might've had something to do with that where I didn't have a good angle, but um, so I didn't have that low exit to bleed out with gravity and everything, but um, I double lunged her and ended up somehow exiting the guts. It was very odd how it worked. I, it was right behind the crease on the entry. And then there was an exit hole back in the liver gut area and I just thought, man, that's that's kind of weird. She looked perfectly broadside to me. And uh, when I opened her up, smoked both lungs, got the liver and the guts. And I'm like, how did you run 100 plus yards up a hill and not, you know, normally when you double lung a deer, they're blowing it out their mouth and their nose and, you know, the holes and everything else. And I don't know, man, that's, I, I halfway wonder if, Sometimes, you know, the trauma kills them, but it like cauterizes the wound or something. Hell, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I agree. It's weird with guns, man. Yep. For sure. Very well can be. So you found your buck and uh, did you post them the same day on the elite page? Did I post them on the same day? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and look. I, I shot them on the 20th. I would assume it was probably pretty close to that because it's been a few weeks ago. Yeah, I posted. I posted on this on the probably it probably in the day after. I mean, because I I was pretty busy that okay. day. Yeah, I can imagine. How yeah. how tough was it to get him out? Well, I bought that new. I don't know what it's called. I think it's the Hawk Hawk Crawler deer cart. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that thing that thing is amazing. That saved my life. I I had to drag that deer. Uh, about a mile is 0.99 is basically a mile. Uh, I mean that that hot crawler for sure. Except for the tall stuff. I mean, you know, you're sure. four foot tall vegetation trying to drag it. It's just pain in the butt. But yeah, uh, I mean, he was only he only field dressed at 170 or 175. I mean, probably okay. beginning of November, he's probably 200 pound deer, but. I'm glad I might just start shooting them later in the year. It's a little bit easier to drag, you know? <laughs> right. There's all that weight. Kill them early October and then they're still easier to drag and you don't have to worry about all that. Uh, all the cold and November that, sits. That last one, yeah, talk about warm. I mean, this year was, it didn't get cold at all when I, I mean, it's ridiculous out there. It's 80 degrees almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Girlfriend loved it. I hated it. It was horrible. Yeah. Nothing all. I tell you what, though, it was amazing. I hosted some guys from Georgia and uh, I was going to take them to one of my farms. And um, I told them, I'm like, man, we might as well just leave that place alone because it's nearing 80 degrees. I think one day it got up to 76, 77 degrees, 78, maybe something like that. And um, I told them, I'm like, we might as well not go out there. Let's go hunt public. Well, they leave. And I go out there and check cams. And I've got this new deer that I've never seen before. I named him Coba. He's a nine-pointer that's going to push 160, 160 to 165 inches. 
and he's just a slob of a deer. And he was there twice a day in daylight every day from like November 2nd to November 10th. And like not daylight 7.15, daylight 10 o'clock, then again at 4. I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I really botched that one. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds like you were covered up in them pretty good, and you got a pretty good idea of not only what you're doing, but where you need to be as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I try. I just, I do what I can. But uh, like I said, this place was, this place was a lot different. I mean, because it's, you know, it as flat as it was. I mean, there was, you know, playing whack a mole every day. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, st- I'm still learning. I know I got, I got definitely have a long way to go. But I just, I really like the. Uh, I mean, every, every year, I mean, I'm, I'm continuing, like I found myself yesterday on Onyx, just scrolling around, looking at public pieces. I just, just find those little areas and I got a, I got quite a few of them. They're just like these small little parcels that are just, that just look like they don't get touched. And I go out there. Overlook gold mines. I mean, I got, I got a spot that I, you could literally park and walk 60 yards and throw a rock and hit a bridge where it's like a main road. And again, my, me and my buddy, we, we got this spot and he was like, can I, can I let one of the, my buddies hunt there? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. One of the deer were getting on camera, 155, 155, 165 inch buck shot 40 yards from a main road on public land Wow! on the opening day of gun. Just, you know, there's, there's a lot of places that are, that I think get overlooked. Sure. I mean, I would absolutely. I would have never thought to hunt there until I heard the story about uh, who was that? The four hundred pound slob that was in the park. Uh, this buck that was bedding by a parking lot. I think that was a uh, the guy from the meat eater or something. Okay. I, I I can't remember. But then it just when I watched that, I just started looking at some of these areas that were a little bit closer, and, and the stuff that I f- have found, it's it's crazy oh yeah that's badass dude well i'm excited to get to know you a little bit more maybe link up here and there and hunt some deer or turkey or something um we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk to our man our man jacob do you mind if i call you jake or do you prefer jacob or jake jacob dumbass i don't care all right i'll I'll call you jake (laughs) since we're fellow turkey idiots so um well dude i i gotta say i uh tell you guys a little bit of story of why Jacob's even on this podcast right now. I am a huge YouTube follower or whatever. I am. I, everything I watch is on YouTube. I don't, the guys on cable and all that don't get one second of my time um, to each their own for those that like it. Cool. And there's plenty of guys, you know, even talking with Jake about the monster buck guys. I mean, everybody's got their place and uh you know uh things that they're doing that are good and um I, i'm just a youtube guy so i'm sitting there and i watch this story that just kind of hit me in the feel goods um this guy goes out and hunts public land and shoots a nice buck and then comes back, I want to say comes back the next day 
to retrieve it, to get it out. Um, and he found basically just shredded by coyotes. And I went through that last year. I went to Kentucky. It was my first real time hunting whitetails out of state. And I went to Kentucky on public and, uh, by the grace of God, I found a piebald buck and shot him opening day. And <laughs> I, I mean, if, if you can imagine going from like, oh, I've got all these good deer on camera, then opening morning, you don't see anything. You check the cameras, nothing's on camera for like the last week. And you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I find this deer. And it actually, it had been in daylight twice in the last two and a half months. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, we're not going to see that deer. Um, no bucks had been in daylight. And uh, for the most part, and this deer shows up and I, I shoot him and everything seemed good. And the blood trail was good, but it just kept going. So we stopped about a hundred, 150 in and then the next morning we went and found him and uh, I'll just, I'll never forget. We had three guys with me for total. And um, one of my buddies was like, Hey, over here. And, you know, I start to come unglued a little bit and they're like, don't get too excited. You're going to cry. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, why would I cry? And then immediately it hit me and I'm like, not this deer. I've never had this de happen to any deer. And I've left tons of deer overnight. Mm. I always laugh at the people that say, oh, you better beat him to the coyotes because that's not real. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> the hell it doesn't. <laughs> and of course, a once in probably 25 lifetimes, full, amazing piebald buck has the complete back half shredded out of it it looked like a damn pulled herford and it it was shredded so when i seen that it just kind of really hit me so i thought man this guy you know he films with his phone a little bit and uh you know seems like a pretty good killer pretty serious hunter i'm gonna pester this guy on facebook and see if he'll <laughs> give me the time of day so i started chatting with him a little bit and then you know we've kind of corresponded over the last few months talking about our seasons and struggles and all kinds of stuff. And now here we are uh, enjoying a nice podcast together. So Jake, tell us a little bit about um, your season so far. Uh, I know, I know a decent amount about it, but share with everybody else, how everything's going, maybe some of your experiences and don't forget to plug your YouTube channel and tell everybody about that as well. Right on. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and the best way I can describe this year going in was thinking that you fixing to lay down Jennifer Aniston and give her the best two minutes of your life. But it turns out <laughs> it's a meat grinder instead. <laughs> so it is, I don't even know how to explain this year. I mean, I got laid off. I'm I'm a union electrician, so I work here and there a lot of times there's been years where i worked years at a time and then like this year i got laid off on april 5th so i had all of turkey season off basically all summer and i did not go back to work 
ex- until like the last week, like a couple of days before Thanksgiving. That is how long I was off work. And that's, wow. it was bad. Um, that's tough. Everybody, you know, pokes fun of these guys, you know, nobody's going back to work because they're handing out all that free government money. Well, that free government money basically barely covered, you know, bills and whatnot. It was, mm-hmm. it was sure. Tough, but, I mean, it made for some. And it ain't free. You've paid that shit. Yeah, exactly. So I had all summer to scout. Um, and, um, I mean, I scouted my ass off. I got a brand new pair of dry shots that I've completely worn out. I'd say they probably got over 250 miles on them. I mean, every time I was going out, I was covering miles and miles and miles. Um, man, I just had so many big deer on camera this year. Um if I had to guess, I want to say like three or four booners. And um, oh my god, I don't know, man. Um, I've had a lot of opportunities, um, just not making. I'm just at the wrong place at the right time. Uh, cell cameras are kind of my game, and um, Mel, that make you sick. I mean, I'm talking sick. Oh, um, I've, I've counted. What kind you use? Uh, well, I guess I should have went back and and kind of gave my history as far as where I got into filming. I joined the hunting grounds six years ago and a lot of people know him and a lot of people don't. Um, Stephen Fuller, the guy that runs it is a great guy. will give you the shirt off his back. One of the greatest people I've ever met. Um, but it just kind of come down to it to where like, I felt guilty if I didn't get something, a kill on camera. And I'm the kind of person, if I'm going out of state or even if I'm at home, if it comes down to getting that kill on camera or killing that animal, <laughs> I'm going to kill that animal every time because uh, I don't make a living off this. It's all just for fun. You know what I mean? Sure. So uh, I actually kind of parted ways with those guys, no bad blood or nothing like that. And I never even had intentions of like doing a YouTube channel. Uh, but I just kind of thought, you know, I'll upload my stuff. That way it's archived somewhere. If something happens, I'll, I'll still be able to go back and watch them all. I want something for my kids to be like, oh, look, my dad was a loser on YouTube. He thinks he's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I started uploading my stuff and whatnot, some of my past hunts here and there. But uh, anyways, uh, hell, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, But that's basically why I started uploading my stuff there. Um, uh, Anyways, with the hunting grounds, we were sponsored by Spy Point. Um, And I'm telling you. I got so sick of backing these people knowing that they just give so many people fits. Now, granted, hear me out. Most of my cameras give me no problems whatsoever. And 90% of the time it is the person's error. They're not doing what you're supposed to do with these cameras and they get pissed off and they say they're junk. And I'll be honest, there's a bunch of them that are junk, but they do pretty good for me. I have, uh, I have 22 cell cameras, 20 of them are spy point um products and then two of them are tactic cams and i wish okay. the other way around yeah i agree they're more user friendly so just a real quick touch on your experience with uh spy point so i had a buddy um that bought a spy point cell cam just so we could stick it on a bean field and i mean this bean field was giant rich and he bought the steak to stick it out in the middle and the whole nine right well, we get the cell cam, and out of the box, we got to download the damn firmware update or whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, out of, 
out of the box. Like, I don't even know what a firmware update is. What are you? So then we're, you know, tweedle dicking around. Keep in mind, I'm computer stupid, by the way. Um, Rick had to tell me how to upload shit to Google Drive. So still teaching uh, you how to upload still teaching me how to do that. But he's a very well-educated man. I'm not. (laughs) So um, but yeah, so uh, I can see where people get frustrated, but I can also see where if you just knew a couple little tricks, they probably work just fine. But man, those Tacticams are nice. They're sweet. I'll be honest. I've never had to do an update with my spy points. I think it's a matter of sometimes you can just turn them off and turn them back on and then do it itself somehow. Okay. I don't know, magic, black magic. I don't, I don't freaking know. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, goodness. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I had a ton of time to scout this year, and uh, something I've gotten into the last two years is using water to access. Um, and up till, you know, I thought this year, most of the time, if you put a little water in between you and some other people, they ain't going to fool with it. Well, the problem is nope. is that now people are catching on to that. People are really digging into this public and crazy access and it's just it's fun it's an adventure and that's why i think people right. really like do it that's why i do it um, that's why i do it and um i'm starting to run into a couple people doing it which is fine and all because i like to see everybody have great success with whatever you know their goals are for the year but uh june 20th yeah that's when i found a deer that haunts me even to this day um Started watching him, and I could tell he was going to be something special. And I think, uh, Chris, I've sent you the pictures of that deer. He um, blew up and had my shot at him opening morning. And uh, oh my god, what I what had happened that morning, and people are probably going to cringe when I say this. I went in that night at twelve o'clock, and I wore my Crocs and um, some shorts and a t-shirt. When I got to the tree I was going to hunt, I changed into my stuff and wrapped my stuff up in a plastic bag and tied it. So I'm up in this tree at about 2 o'clock in the morning waiting this deer out. And he's been so regular. He's not on public. He's on semi-private. Um, so it's a big lease. They sell so many okay, permits. I was going to say I really need an explanation on that, so, but I get yeah. it now. They sell so many permits a year. It's like 200, 250, something like that. But I'm telling you, I've done the math on the amount of wooded places that you can actually hunt on that place. And it's like one person gets every 15 acres. I mean, it's, it's bad. It, it gets, a, wow. it gets way more pressure than any other public place I've ever hunted. But I found a guy baiting out there, which is perfectly legal. But I noticed that I would lose him for a week and then he'd come back, you know, I'd get a glimpse of him. So I was like, you know what, if you ain't baiting and somebody at 200 yards from you is, you ain't even in the game. So, nope. you know, I had to start putting corn out. So I was working my ass off packing corn back there, um, just trying to keep him in the area. Um, and the day before, I got pictures of him in the morning and afternoon. Um, got pictures of him about two hours before I got in there and the direction he went, which, by the way, I had three cell cameras on a tree facing all different directions. So I knew which way he was going and leaving. Uh, anyways, that morning – came and and uh I, th- I i don't know what you think chris on that deer but i think he's like mid 60s he could be pushing one step he's a freaking giant he'd be my biggest. he's very big anyways here comes the buck he's running with walking through the woods about 
150 yards, pretty open to one side, pretty thick on the other. And then I catch a glimpse of him behind him. So I'm already, I'm tore up. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to miss this damn deer. <laughs> Fair enough. He stops and the younger buck gets to about 50 yards. And then I hear a stomp. What the hell uh, was that? And I look down and there's a doe watching me. She's been walking. Uh, and I said, I'm telling you, if you do what I think you're going to do, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so granted she blows they don't freak you know the younger buck kind of trotted off and the big one in the background he just he come right back he went right back where he come from and she just sat there blowing at me and i don't even need to tell y'all what happened but yeah i was packing out meat about two hours later um <laughs> is this the gutless method that you showed us <laughs> no it's not that though but I drug her about 200 yards and, and cut her up. And uh, granted, I don't know what happened that afternoon. I went back in and never seen him. And the wind was so swirly in that spot, dude, that I actually got down an hour before dark and I left because I'm like, I'm going to screw this up. And I think I already did because I hung a camera over where I thought he was bedding. He come back two times and uh, I've not seen him since. There's no acorns in that woods whatsoever. Um, there's no good crop, really. There was beans and they got them out early. So this deer is just long gone. But granted, you know, I've got, like I said, 22 cell, or that's like, yeah, it's 22 cell cameras, you know, spread out. I got a bunch of the cheap Tascos and uh, just had a great bunch of great deer on camera this year. And it's like every time I'd pick a spot, I mean, I'd just be at the wrong place at the right time. Multiple, multiple times I should have been tagged out in every, every tag that I had. I have an Indiana tag. I've got a Kentucky tag and a Fort Knox, Kentucky tag. Oh, nice. You got Fort, a Fort Knox, Fort, Kentucky tag? The Fort Knox is like a bonus? Yes, it is a bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus oh, buck. Um, I got to put in for that. Yeah, for sure, dude. If you've got a Kentucky license, you can buy their permit. It's like 30 bucks. And, um, I mean, I'm not going to try to even hide the place. I mean, everybody in the freaking world knows about it. There's only so many yep. spots that they give out per day. So you've got to be quick, you know, to get in there and check in and whatnot. But. I don't know, man. Uh, it, it went really slow for the most part of the year. Um, shot a doe a couple days after opening day and shot her with a Grim Reaper and ended up not finding that doe, not saying she didn't die, but I just could not find her. Followed by, I think maybe the next day I went and killed two does in one sitting. Um, a doe here and there, killed a doe using my water access, which I was super stoked to take one out of my brand new kayak. And, um, then I shot one the other day that I, I think I posted a video on and whatnot. So I, I've got plenty of meat, just no antlers. Gotcha. <laughs> it's been a bad, bad year. Hey, it sounds like it hasn't been all that bad. It's just been kind of rough with the bucks. You still got, still got a full freezer and plenty of lessons learned. That's for sure. I, I tell you what though, what I always try to tell myself anyway, because you know, I'm kind of, I'm sitting on a struggler. I mean, it sucks when you mess up, but you know what really sucks? Not getting to draw your bow. Um, I have not had a shooter come in at all yet. I've passed some pretty nice deer, but just just say your safety went off at one point though when you uh, were, yeah I did I get mean, so that big three year old I passed that was the third time I passed him. Um, I had him at like 35 yards with a 450 Bushmaster and I had all these yearling bucks coming up the hill 
and then he showed up. So it's like, dink, dink, dink. Oh shit. And safety comes off and it's like a loud click. And I'm like, Oh my God, every deer in the woods had to hear that. They didn't even pay attention to me. It was in the middle of snowstorm and I'm hunting on the ground. So, um, I, I passed him again and, uh, but he did, he did get me pretty, uh, shook up there for about a minute or two. And then, you know, after I identified him, um, cause again, I mean, it, the snow was coming down pretty good and it was pretty low light, but, uh, I had to really make sure of who it was. Cause I've got in this area, I've got a three-year-old deer. I think Tyler's the only one. No, I've got a three-year-old deer at this spot. That's probably in the, I don't know. I think he's between 150 and 155 as a mainframe 12, even though he did break off his G3, G4, they split um, right off the beam together uh, inside and out. Not like that. You know, they, they sit like that. So um, he's an 11, but he's still, I mean, he's just a, a giant, he's a baby brawn brawn, man. He's a giant in the making. And I just, I don't want to kill an immature deer. And then on top of that, if if I ever have a chance at you know glory at a true giant, that's that's the one. So he's going to score good easily, I think. So, uh, but yeah, I've not I've not got to draw my bow or anything. Um, so I'm I'm really really praying to the hunting gods and our regular god and whatever other gods we can get that will give me some cold <laughs> weather because. I need these acorns to dry up and I need some weather to hit and make these deer have to move. Cause right now they're putting on 80 SPF and <laughs> freaking chilling on the hillside. The <laughs> yeah. They're blowing up the cams an hour after dark. That's about it. I mean, I I've, I've stopped even going. I mean, I shot that small buck because I needed meat for the freezer. I've stopped going over to the the farm uh, where I hunt at because I don't want to run the risk of seeing any of those three deer that I've that I uh, had been hunting all year. It's just like if, I, if one of them walks out in front of me, it's just like I'm gonna have to sit there and stare at it and say, "Oh man, if I just would have waited till later in the season, it would have been great." So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's 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 doe hunting central. I mean, for me over here, at least until you know I can get some more meat in the freezer, I can get back up to Ohio and hopefully i mean i ain't got that much longer left for it but maybe you know second gun next weekend or anything like that you know there's a there's a possibility with that but jacob you you bring up a good point um and i'm I'm glad that you said what you said you're like it like everybody knows about those about those fort knox tags and that kind of stuff um how how often do you find coming over I'm, i'm i'm in kentucky i used to live in ohio how often do you find coming over here um, that that you're getting pushed around on public land or that kind of stuff? I know my experience of it as of late um, has been there's been obviously a little bit more people. I think this year, you know, just because of everything that's been going on, uh, a lot of guys are getting out, and um, I know hunting and uh, fishing license sales are really up. But also, much like what you said a lot of guys uh, and ladies, maybe hell, I don't know, um, are uh, putting on the waders or putting themselves in kayaks or canoes and um, really trying to explore a little bit more. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, 
As far as running into people, man, it's like places like Fort Knox. I mean, it's almost unavoidable sometimes, especially during their gun quota hunts. Mm-hmm. People are everywhere. It's, uh, I just don't know. I, I think uh, a lot of people think, oh, if I get up and walk around right at prime time when the deer are moving, I'll, I'll bump into them. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it pisses me off so much. But, um, <laughs> There's no way I could handle that. Oh, God, dude. It, I mean, it fires me up. Like, I'm all for, like, if you're here and you're deer hunting, I'm so happy for you. It's like, what the hell, like, are you doing up walking around? I had a dude, I don't know what his deal was. I had a crossbow in his hand. He was more patternable than any deer I ever had. I had <laughs> over a freaking scrape. He would stand on the freaking scrape every morning at 7 30 like what are you doing get off of my scrape he's got some really big goals that deer is not going to walk up to that scrape and let you shoot him like that's not how this works i'm not shooting him unless he's pissing on me (laughs) (laughs) r kelly crap i don't know no i've got to draw my bow quite a bit this year just haven't got to let it go on a buck yet um Indiana, uh, I haven't had much issues with running into people um, with most of the places that I've been hunting. I mean, but some of the places that I'm I'm getting in there are places where I'm even like, man, what the hell am I doing? It's just a deer, you know? Right. <laughs> but uh, the, one of the places I hunt, the semi-private place, I've bumped into a couple people, but they've all been really cool. And uh, the place that I hunt in Kentucky that's pure public that I always take my kayak um that place is crazy because it has one access point not allowed to use a bike you're only allowed to walk and uh, it's like a 400 foot elevation change from the the beginning to end if you were to walk from start of the wma to the very back i mean it's it's like two and a half miles um which is manageable and some people you know do it which that's great and all but uh, when I take that kayak in there, I mean, I'm I'm only walking like 400 yards once I hit land. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and I haven't seen a soul back there. Like, it, I mean, it might as well be private land to me. Um, no cameras, haven't seen no sign of other people, honest to God, which is, it's great. But, you know, it just goes to show, man, pressure or no pressure. It doesn't mean that you know, you're in a honey hole and you're going to definitely put your tag on something, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, Exactly. And I, we had this conversation with Don last week where, you know, I, I have this thought like with Ken, Kentucky is, is slowly turning into like Ohio where you're starting to see more and more um, out of state people kind of come in, you know, you have the elk draw and when people don't get the elk draw, they're like, oh, well, I can go, I get four deer tags and like you see more people on public land a little bit more. Um, and you're starting to see it pop up in magazines and online articles and that kind of stuff more. And not, not that you get pushed around a whole heck of a lot or anything like that, but you definitely got to put on, uh, you know, make sure that you're selecting spots that people don't necessarily know about, or if they do know about them, you got to be willing to go a little bit farther in. I know when we went turkey hunting this year, Chris, um, I mean, we put some serious, I mean, not, not super serious, like, um, walking on, but I know that we, we, we went pretty deep into the public where we went turkey hunting at, um, that second day. And it was, um, there wasn't anybody around. No, that's what kills me is 
even with turkey hunting, um, you put a little good terrain mm-hmm. behind you and all of a sudden the people disappear and you might see one or two here and there, but where we went, that was a pretty good ravine to get down in and then go yeah. back up the other side. So, um, I, it's, I mean, we heard and saw less turkeys as well, but I just, I think that day was just kind of a, a rougher day again, you know, pressure in my opinion, anything anyways, with yeah. every single animal that exists trumps everything. So, um, you know, they had already been raped on opening day. I mean, shit, we killed a bird. What at eight, eight, eight what was it? 8 AM. Um, and then, you know, the next day, God, the next day we had all kinds of birds all around us and then six all kinds of, of shots. Six different birds. Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's start walking. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kentucky to me, it blows my mind. I'll be honest. One of my favorite parts of public, it's almost more fun to hunt people or places where there aren't people. Um, than it is the animals like i want I'll, I'll just tell people i've i've got a spot at east fork state park if you find a place that get pound to get that gets pounded person to acre more than east fork i'll kiss your ass dude that place <laughs> it's geographically located in the work you know it's northern kentucky southern ohio and anybody that's coming around you know you hear it it's got a nice lake cincinnati there's good yeah there's good terrain. It's close to the city. It's accessible everywhere, basically. And, uh, you know, you can access anywhere you want by boat or by the 800 million trillion mi- uh, miles of hiking trails and bridal trails and everything. And I've got a spot where I've been and I see deer nearly. In fact, I went there for the first time in probably 20 sits this past time and didn't see a deer and that was in the morning and I had always hunted there in the evening until one other time this year and I still saw deer and I've never seen a person there ever gun season muzzleloader season you name it I've never seen a person there even in the rut so that's, that's uh, crazy yeah I mean it's just but it's one of those things where you just find that little pocket and the deer are held up there from the pressure around you know, and surrounding areas. And then you're like, Oh man, this looks pretty. Oh yeah. I don't see people here. That's why the deer are here and walk around like it's a damn, you know, you're semi private lease. And, uh, but I went hunting in Kentucky. What's that? I was going to go ahead, man. I'm just going to say something about what you're talking about. I went in Kentucky opening weekend last year. Never saw a hunter. Uh, Let's see, this year, turkey season this year was a little rough because of the damn COVID bullshit that's going on. Like, everybody was off work then. So, um, and then they shut all the damn states down, so you couldn't travel to the other ones, really, (laughs) which killed my life. Um, Because I I don't know about you guys, but, like, turkeys are life to me. That I'll hunt. The only thing I'll do more than a turkey is go hunt out west because hunting out west just 
to me, it, it trumps everything. It ain't like, you know, for those that are listening that, that think hunting a deer is fun, whitetail deer are stupid. That's the dumbest thing you could ever hunt. Not because they're actually dumb. It's just simply you just sit there and that this deer that you want is going to show up out there. You're like, Oh look, there's 47 pronghorn antelope there. I think I'll go try to kill one and you won't be perfect, but there's action and there, you know, it's still tough, but there's something there. It's not like hunting a damn Sasquatch, you know? So, uh, Oh yeah. I see it, man. I'm, I can't wait to talk to you about that. Um, but, I kind of lost train of thought where I was going there, but, uh, turkey hunting is, is my jam. So when I was told that I couldn't go hunt for the first time in Florida for Osceola on Primo public, (laughs) that is by draw only, I was mildly upset. And then when I found out that I could not go to Kentucky, that is a half hour from my house and hunt. I about lost my shit. So, governor, yeah, I'd like. I mean, I'm not going to get into it because there might be fanboys out there that like him. But, well, I'll tell you this much. So, I don't want to be in any of their positions making those decisions because it's either way, people are going to eat your ass left and right. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. Somebody's going to have a problem, right? But, I mean. I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here, selfish or whatever, but leave my turkeys alone, dude. Let me go hunt my turkey. I will all gas up here. I won't use your gas station. I just want to go. I won't talk to anybody. I just want to go kill a damn. I want to jelly head a bird right in the face and then leave. So, uh, so anyway, going back to what you were saying a second ago, before I lose this, <laughs> you were talking about hunting where people aren't. And um, I actually listened to a bunch of e-scouting from a guy named, named Mark Livesay. Uh, he's big on Western e-scouting, and I've kind of taken, taken his, um, his uh, process and theories, and I put it into play here. Basically, get you, like just imagine your piece of public that you hunt, okay? And you need to go on there and circle like a 400-yard like if you got one of those, I can't remember what they're called. You put the tip on it and it draws a perfect compass. circle. Yeah, a compass. If you can scale that thing to what would be three to four hundred, five hundred yards, whatever you want to do, <laughs> go to every single spot that you could ever imagine as a typical hunter, like a saddle or a back corner of a field or whatever. Anywhere that you're like, man, it, that looks like a good spot. Circle that spot. Then with a different color, whatever, go on there and find all the spots that you're like. This would suck. Like, I guarantee you I would see nothing here. Circle those spots. Now, take back a step back and look at that map and look at those spots that aren't circled. Those are the spots that I've placed my cameras this year and had – I've had more big deer on camera this year alone than I bet you I've had combined the last 10 years because instead of putting those cameras in those high-profile, typical spots, I'm putting them in the spots, you know, that people – aren't typically there it's uh, it's the ugly spot that you think you won't see anything exactly dude that's so weird so uh one of my best friends is rick's brother and we were all fishing i'm gonna tell the people are gonna hate me for retelling the, the story, story but this this just i'm telling you this is the gospel of the lord freaking 
we looked over at this bowl that had like a sunken orchard of trees in it. And uh, it, the water looked stagnant, like slack water. And nobody had touched it the whole morning. And my buddy just was like, man, that looks like shit over there. I was like, man, you're right. He's like, I think everybody else thinks that same thing. Let's go hit it. And I start getting bumps immediately. And then, dude, I I brought Mm -hmm. that freaking lure just outside of that orchard and just had a freaking big biatch slam this thing so aggressive. She was bigger than we could get in the net. Like he had to grab her with the pliers by the lip and then get her oh, tail. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the fish was so big. I had an adrenaline dump. Like I, when I killed one of my big deer, like, and it, it just, it, what it had nothing to do. I'm not a great fisherman or anything. It was, Hey, that looks overlooked. And then we got an opportunity and we capitalized. And at the end of the day, you know, I think that the guys who are successful, you know, you ever watch those teams that just look like shit, but somehow they win by a field goal every time or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that is, yeah. that's the truth, man. It, it It isn't always pretty, but all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that one's on the wall and that's on the wall and here's a picture. And yeah, this one, I had to chase it down or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it's amazing how that works out. And it kind of, takes me to my next point which is so cool you know talking to guys like yourselves um it's it's cool to be in the presence of killers and i know you're struggling with this year but i i know i know from watching your stuff and talking with you and clearly the knowledge you've uh shared with us tonight you know you're a killer and and tyler is clearly a freaking killer i mean it's so neat to talk to people like that because to me more so than a lot of these higher profile people, I- I'm gonna learn a lot more from you guys than I will them. And don't get me wrong, again, they got their place and and all that. Um, but it's you can relate to things a lot more. Um, y'all aren't walking around on gigantic leases and gigantic tracks with primo stuff. And um, right. not saying all exactly. of them are like that, but. Um, it seems like all the ones I grew up, you know, watching, it's like at the time, like you don't know no better. No. But you give any of those guys that you're watching on TV a bullshit piece of public that gets hit, you know, pretty averagely, um, a lone wolf tree standing some sticks, it's like, all right, big boy, we'll kill you at 150 now. You yeah, know? yeah. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. And it's the same way with all these girls on Instagram. Like, oh, my God. I keep up with them just to freaking make fun of them. Like, oh, I'm heading out to blah, 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 Outfitters. It's like, oh, we'll have fun, you know. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have so much fun. Um, (laughs) Shit. I can't answer it. You you know, I I think we're probably relating a lot on this too because trying to grow your YouTube channel and everything, and then you see some girl who's just hot. She can't even draw a fucking bow, right? Excuse my language. I'm trying to clean myself up guys I swear. Um but she can't even she can't even she can't even draw a bow. You know, she's looking through the peep site with the wrong eye or whatever and she's got 40,000 subscribers and 1.2 million views of her explaining how she sucks at shooting a bow because she doesn't even know what spine her arrows are or you know anything like that and it's like 
come on, why can't I just be a hot ass girl? This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, I I would be the biggest <laughs> you ever met. I My wall would be full of big deer, but I'd probably be pregnant four or five times a year. <laughs> For any children that are listening, don't aspire to do this or do. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that, 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 it brings up it brings up a good point. Like a lot a lot of the stuff that you see online, and I think Chris and I and you we've talked about this quite a bit like the reason why on bow hunter or the reason why on north american whitetail it's always a monster deer is because it is systematically they know that that gets the most um sure. views. and if you add a woman in a bikini on the front of a coastal angler thing it's gonna get more buys and unfortunately that's kind of the you know the world we live in right now with social media Whereas, you know, I, I grew up watching like Jim Shockey with socks on his hands and that kind of stuff right. on Saturday mornings. And, you know, the guys like that are, I mean, they're, you know, they do whatever now, but it's, it's a completely different world versus where um, a lot of the, you know, YouTube content is right now. Like Jacob, I, you do a lot of public land stuff. I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of the YouTube stuff, but I know the hunting public, I've watched some of it. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff where a lot can be gleaned from individuals who are kind of reinventing the wheel on some of this stuff um, versus, <clears throat> you know, paying the outfitter. And again, I got nothing wrong with outfitters. Um, you know, they're, they're there for a reason. They're there for a purpose. And same as guides on a, on a river or a lake, they're there because, you know, they, they put you there and doesn't mean you're actually going to get it. But at the same time, um, you know, we talked about this with the guy from bow hunters from America, James Reese, like, don't like, don't, don't sit there and say that you're, you know, you're struggling through it when you, when you're passing one sixties on a, on a deer farm or something like that, like be right. honest about what you're doing. And right. you know, when you start getting into the Instagram, you know, BS that that's where you really start blurring lines of like what's real and what's not with some of that stuff. And that can really, you know, shape a, you know, a young hunter, a new hunter's mind on what is realistic for them. You know, we, we've, yep. we said this last week, there's guys who come to Ohio every year who think there's just going to be a big buck waiting behind every tree. And it, it, it doesn't happen. Like it, it, it just doesn't happen. Like you have to work for that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I, I'm going to sort of disagree with part of what you said respectfully, of course, um, respectfully always. So paying for an outfitter for fishing to me is night and day compared to hunting. Lots of times with fishing, you're basically paying either to access water due to their boat or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, generally by their amazing charter boat or something like that. And you're, you're also paying for information because at the end of the day, you know that that lake, without that, without that angler, that guide, um, you know that that lake has slobs in it. We all know that, but you need his knowledge, his equipment and his, you know, boat to go get it generally. Now, if you're fly fishing or something in a tiny little river, it may be that you need his information on 
his spot or whatever. When you go and you pay an outfitter for hunting, generally that is because you want a bigger animal um, and you want something that's a little more, uh, I, I don't like to use the term guaranteed because you can pay 50 outfitters and never see a thing um, just because they call themselves an outfitter doesn't mean anything, but right. um, you're generally paying for something that is not as touched. Uh, you know, you're, you're hunting primo property generally, uh, unless you run into a shyster, um, which we won't name any of those, even though we could. Um, so it, I think it's just a little different. A lot of time, in my opinion, and, you know, I don't want people to think I'm putting them down. When you pay a fishing guide, you're looking to relax and have a good day with your buddies and drink beer and, you know, rape the walleye or something, or you're trying to figure out how can I catch these fish? Well, a lot of guys that pay, let's say to go kill a 150. Well, you didn't learn anything from the outfitter. He just took you and put you in a stand that he hung and you've got, you know, a corn pile or a plot or, you know, uh, an acorn flat or whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And you went there trying to kill a big deer. And then at the end of the day, you're not a better deer hunter. You're still the same deer hunter. You just have a nicer deer probably than I killed. <laughs> so just to kind of put things into perspective a little bit. And and for the record, I'm anti-outfitter when it comes to myself generally. I'm not saying I'll never go with an outfitter. But I just, to me, public land or the D I won't say even public land, the DIY experience and the accomplishment for myself to win against a buck or a doe or, you know, whatever. Um, even a black bear, the innocent black bears, as we call them. Um, (laughs) uh, it's just more rewarding to me. I'd rather do it myself than pay an outfitter, but by all means, I also have a lot different opportunity than some might when it comes to time or, or you know whatever so yep it's all relative everything is relative it is uh, it, you know people judge people on the deer they shoot the, the deer they pass i mean i was judging you on the deer that you've watched walk by. I mean, <laughs> maybe, i'm not gonna lie you know but it's all relative like how much time do you have what are your goals you know right uh like some some guy that might go to an outfitter it could be because he's a lazy ass that wants to put a, a really big deer on his wall or it could be you know he doesn't have uh, hardly any time off. Sure. What time he does come during the fall, maybe he he has to go that route. That's that's right. Odd, you know, uh, I'm gonna be honest. If I go to Colorado one more time and spend six hundred sixty dollars on something, I'm telling you, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna eventually pay God. Well, I tell you what, I'm kind of, I'm getting to that point. It's um it's been pretty special. I've, I've been to Colorado twice myself and I accidentally seen a cow with three calves and, uh, didn't get to shoot, but, uh, still have yet to see a bull still have yet to hear a bull bugle. So it's, uh, it's weird because I feel like here in the East, a couple things go right. And it's like, I'm amazing. I'm going to go kill elk and bears and moose and all that. And I'll just, will myself to it you can have all the damn willpower you want go run around at 10 and eleven thousand feet and see how much willpower you got after seven or eight days 
We could we could Jeez, drive yeah. down to Pike County or, or or Pine Knob if you want to hear a elk bugle in September, Chris. Right, I, I really do. It's a, it's a life changing experience, yeah. and that is no joke. Did you get on them, dude? Both years I've been within inches of killing a bull. Like, oh, well, what the hell are you first, complaining about then? Let's go kill a bull. I don't know, man. My first year it was tough finding them. Uh, we had no idea what to expect, and like you said. First damn place we got out of the truck was uh, 11,250 feet. Oof. I mean, I was dying walking on a flat-ass road. Oh, dude. Like, I had to stop multiple times. Oh, yeah. Second year, I knew what to expect. And uh, opening day, if you if you go to my YouTube channel and you watch any of the videos, um, I'm going to go watch I have my on there, But in the intro, there's a bull walking across this meadow. Like, he made it to 60 yards on opening day last the last time I was out there. Mm. Like, Lo and behold, damn wind hit me in the back of the neck, dude. His, it looked like his kneecaps broke. Every one of them, he stopped on a dime and bolted. And a couple of days later, I come face to face with. I don't. I'm not. I don't know how big elk really are, uh, but I know the damn thing when it ran off is like one of them bulls. You probably paying like seven to ten grand to hunt a ranch and kill one like that. Oh. And I mean, I was within, I was 15 yards from him and never seen it. When I when we walked up on him, I fixated on the cow to the left at 60 yards and. I didn't see him standing there looking at us for like a minute. Oh, man. He was saying, like, I told my guys behind us, like, stop, you know, there's a cow. And we're looking at the cow and whatnot. Pulled my rangefinder out and ranged her. And uh, we hadn't heard a bugle or nothing, dude. And I turned and looked, and he was he was 15 yards max. And, I mean, I about shit down both legs, dude. And, and you could have shot this I, animal. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I took a bow, and we were out there during muzzleloader season. I could have popped him. When he ran off, dude, he broke a tree, a live tree that was this big. and snapped it in half D- when he Describe ran off. that tree for the people that aren't on video right now. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> about, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know, seven or eight inches. And I, I mean, just, I mean, a huge, a, a really hard tree to break out, imagine. I mean, take me like five minutes to cut through it with a handsaw. He snapped it like it was a popsicle stick. Wow. And uh, he ran out of my life and I said, screw it. And I freaking looked back at that cow and drew back on her and uh, 60 yards on an elk. And people might be like, 60 yards a long way. And it's like, well, you know, it's, that's a big ass animal with lungs, you know, yeah. the size of a hood. And uh, I hit a limb and uh, never made, you know, never made it about to a new spot the next two days. So uh, two years in a row, come home empty-handed. I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow because that hunting out there, it ain't like here. It ain't nothing like it. Thousands of dollars invested in a hunt like that. And, I mean, it, the Stress. experience is, is so awful. And I, I mean, I'm so guilty of it. Like I got to tell myself, I'm going out here to have fun. And if I kill one, great. But bullshit on my way home, I'm like, you failed again, you loser. Yeah, same. Why can't you just kill one? Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's the toughest hunting I've ever done besides Maryland turkey hunting. Maryland uh, turkeys, huh? Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know if we talked about my turkey season. Like I said, I was off. I went to six states, and I killed eight birds. Oh, oh good for you, man. That's dreamy. It was the craziest turkey season. It's probably why I ain't killed shit this year in deer season. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Dude. Well, I wouldn't be paying a damn outfitter. Sounds like you got it all pretty much going for you with the elk. You just got to close out, basically. I mean, getting on elk and getting within shooting distance. Dude, I ain't seen – I went there the last time during a drought, which was 2018. 
And, dude, I, I mean, I'll just tell everybody, I was in the Hunter Frying Pan Wilderness. And, <laughs> yeah, and don't tell me that's where you were. Close to Aspen? Yeah, Basalt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were you there? You weren't there. Yeah, I swear, I swear to God, I went to Unit 47. That's Unit, that's it. You mother freaker. Dude, what year? 2018. Son of a bitch. Went during I was there during muzzleloader season. That's crazy. That's insane, bro. So I didn't see her. Son of a bitch. So I get I, I had my buddies drop me off. We're going to talk a lot more about this place in detail afterward. But uh, I had my buddies drop me off at the base of a mountain. And I was like, here's my gun signals. If I fire this many times, this means this, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully I make it back. I'm packing in for two days, and I'm going to see if I can get on them. If I get on them, great. If not, I'll come back, and you can pick me up, or we'll cry together or whatever. Because my other two buddies didn't have tags. They were there for sort of support, and if we got on them good, they were going to go buy a tag. And uh, the one gentleman was struggling with um, the hunting experience. Uh, being quiet. I know you can be loud with elk, but like it was just a little bit unreasonable. Um, so I had to get away and, uh, dude, probably, you know, when they talk about going on like walkabout and all that, go sleep by yourself in the middle of nowhere where there's bears and lions and all that shit. And, it ain't, it ain't like turning off the lights out here in Ohio and Kentucky. No. You turn the lights off out there, it's dark. there ain't no light. There's no None. light. And the other thing that I'm sure you will be able to relate to very well, here there is like, what do you call it, like ambient noise or whatever. Yeah. There yeah. at night, you could toss a needle out of a tree at 200 yards and it'd sound like you can chop the tree down. Like, it's so and so you're laying there and it's so quiet that your heartbeat is annoying the shit out of you and then a stick breaks somewhere and all of a sudden your ass puckers dude you're like and the 40s in your hand like they're like uh okay and just to kind of put this in perspective i don't have like a nice tent i took the rain fly off of my family tent my walmart 12 person tent i took the the rain fly off of put a tarp underneath it held that up with trekking poles and that was my tent so if you'd like to come in and chew on my neck you can do so easily like it is not like there was a whole lot to stop you from i mean if a lion wanted to jerk me out of there it was no problem but um it, it was still a really really cool experience to just go out there by myself and uh sort of find yourself and i i targeted this huge drainage we went into this mini drainage and found a little tiny like what i would call a trickling almost underground spring that pops up out of the ground here and there so i thought when i get into that drainage it's going to be like this is where i need to be and i will find elk there i dropped all that elevation and there was no thing water anywhere no water anywhere muckawango creek so i find an elk wallow 
that is clearly old because it's super clear. And that's where the rest of the day's drinking water came from. I filtered that out of there. I don't know if I'm sure you did the same stuff out there. Oh, yeah. I filtered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I filtered my, and normally wherever you go out there, there's water everywhere. So um, yeah. I, I filtered my water and was like, well, I don't know of any water near here. So probably should go back to camp and uh, never did find any fresh elk sign because it was so dry. Um, I, I just think the place that I was at um, was basically, so I already, I could probably, I'm not going to do it on here, but I probably know about where you were it, just from the elevation that you just gave me. But, um, <laughs> so, and that's, that's originally, you know, I thought we should go there. And then I'm like, well, so, but. Uh, we didn't get any more sign there, honest to God, where we started. We actually left there. Did you? Um yeah, I, is I, that I like Tyler you, telling everybody he hasn't seen any deer? <laughs> you know Tyler, Tyler done talked about where he lives, and you bet your ass I'll be on Onyx here in a little while looking for saplings somewhere. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, dude, that's that's badass, guys. I, I was yeah. pretty pumped to to talk with you guys, and uh, I'm hoping we can share some camps here sometime soon. Um, yes, I hunt. Indiana, I hunt Kentucky, uh, you know, with this COVID stuff, it's making it a little trickier and then I won't stop getting my wife pregnant. So that kind of gets in the way too, but, um, would love to, uh, love to have you guys up to Ohio to hunt some birds or, you know, some public land deer or something. But, um, on that note, anybody got any closing thoughts, Rick? Um, what it mean, I'm going muzzleloader hunting tomorrow. Hopefully no, uh, I, you Tyler you made you made a great point um it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow so hopefully no water in the barrel and uh if you're getting out this weekend guys um for muzzleloader in Kentucky for gun next weekend in Ohio <clears throat> um or muzzleloader in Ohio after the first of the year remember um hunters uh orange really important we just had a kid get killed not too long ago um, it was in the news, um, hor- horrible thing, but make sure you're taking your safety precautions, make sure that you're, um, knowing what you're shooting at. And <clears throat> if you get the ability to take out a hunter this year, please do so. So you can, uh, kind of spread it out and, uh, you know, take someone in the outdoors and teach them something new. But other than that, Somebody take me. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, take me. Somebody. Well, I told you to come to Ohio, but you said, You'd had too many buck tags or something in other states. If I go anywhere else, she's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. My, I don't know why my wife's married to me. Sometimes I'm, I'm like never here. It, she's pretty awesome. Um, well, any of you boys got any closing thoughts, Tyler? Uh, I I definitely like to come turkey hunting. I've uh, I just kind of started two years ago and uh. I haven't killed nothing. <laughs> so now if you want to drive south about two and a half hours, I promise I will put you on a bird. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. There Good you deal. go. Good and deal, if you guys. want to drive probably that far, probably east of you, east. I'll do the same. And then maybe we can just all meet up somewhere in Kentucky or Ohio and go face bang some gobblers. 
Good deal. How about yourself, Jacob? No, man. Uh, I hope everybody's having a good year that does listen to this. And uh big thing for me is it doesn't matter how much preparation or time or money that you invest into your year. If it ain't your year to tag something, then it just ain't in your cards, man. And accept it and be humble and uh, just go on and keep grinding, I guess. That's what I'm going to try to do. I had one of my uh, bigger bucks show back up actually as i was on this podcast but oh that's awesome 30 this afternoon and uh you bet your ass that i'm gonna be in there in the next two days trying to kill him but there you go well, man, yeah appreciate you having me on and whatnot and, appreciate you coming uh, if somebody wants to go and watch any of those videos they can my youtube's pretty easy to find and whatnot but and that's uh, do3 that again outdoors yeah, and I don't know the way that I typed it. If you got to get on there and check it out, either type in D03 Outdoors or D03 Outdoors, and uh, they are there. You can, I mean, you can find it pretty easy. I was posting them on this Facebook page, but I got in trouble. <laughs> so I, I just want to, before I comment on that, um, it is D03 outdoors obviously you know he calls it do3 outdoors but he typed zero um i just looked it up so uh but yeah that that's actually pretty awesome so um, for those that i mean i don't think there's a lot of youtubers that listen so most people won't hate me but we generally ask that people collaborate with us in some way which this technically counts now so yep. feel free. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'd like to get to know guys too. There's a couple of guys that we had given permission and um, they turned out to be douchebags, man, like actual <laughs> douchebags. Um, they, they had, they had stuff go right for them. And then when I was having sort of a struggle snuggle of a year, um, they started like messaging me and, pretty much shaming me for like baiting and not doing this or doing that. And I'm like, dude, I like, I hunt every legal way you can imagine and just try to find success. And not only that, but I've supported you, you know, that, that kind of left a a pretty bad taste in my mouth. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, from now on, when people want to post their YouTubes, they're going to help us out in some way, you know, they're not just going to come, get their views so you know you were kind of you you came along not really not long after that and um you know obviously you know we we spoke about that a little bit but uh there's plenty of other people that have a problem with that but um (laughs) you don't have to worry about that now post your shit bro but uh i I always like to check people's content out too because there's certain you know even if people were to help us out or whatever i probably wouldn't accept it because there's just certain people that i'd rather not promote and rather not i'm not going to say i wouldn't rather them see them succeed but i'm not going to be the the uh means to that end because i don't support what they're doing or whatever so but uh with that said uh i guess my closing thought is um you know kind of goes along with jake y'all y'all be safe first and foremost but um you know we're this is the second half, uh, especially if you're in Ohio. Um, there's a lot of people that still have tags. This is, in my opinion, the best time of the year because all the little babies are at home now. 
all the guys that tag bucks love you tyler rick hate you guys um <laughs> all you guys are, are at home now you're not you're not out there all the babies are at home all the people who who can't hack the cold are at home and now you've got way less pressure you do have more educated deer and probably about two-thirds of the deer are left but you've still got some great opportunities ahead and uh it takes one good cold front to change your season one day of sitting where that freaking doe in heat that you know early born fawn and heat comes by with eight different bucks behind her over the course of two hours and your season completely flip-flops and you're a hero so um keep after it and uh want to thank you guys a lot um i'm super excited to to be connected to you guys in any way and uh thanks to my fellow host here rick for doing this oh no problem thanks again guys it's really it's really great to talk to you um you both and uh you know we hope to collaborate with you guys future and again like chris said get on birds in the spring or get on deer in the fall and the winter so um at this point i'll go go ahead and uh, close this out so guys this has been fueled by the outdoors we've been your hosts rick cates and chris leppert and we've been joined tonight by jacob emery and tyler what how did i say your name last name right first time yeah that's correct okay yeah. westell westell okay just making sure yeah. I, I wasn't sure if i said it and tyler westell so guys um have a good uh, rest of your season and we hope to talk to you later